Red Apple Media Podcast Network presents This is Protecting America. Now, here's Emmy-winning journalist Rita Cosby. And welcome to another edition of Protecting America. I'm Rita Cosby. Israeli officials released horrific images to the world of the Hamas terrorist attacks as Israel fights a war against Hamas and a war against the media and the United Nations. Joining us now to discuss all of this and so much more is the former spokesman for the Israeli consulate in New York, Shahar Azani. Shahar, great to have you here on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Rita. Always a pleasure to speak with you. I couldn't believe the statements that came from the UN Secretary General, essentially saying that Israel played a role in this, that Israel was a big part of the attacks on October 7th. It was stunning. Can you can you imagine that no amount of Jewish blood will satisfy hate? Can you imagine somebody like that coming to the United States of America uh, after 9-11, two weeks after 9-11, and saying, you know, America had a part to play in this and its policies in the world or whatever nonsensical idiocy would be uttered by. And, and, and here is the big issue. You know, I always love looking forward. And I think it's not just indignation. The United Nations is an organization that's funded by our taxpayer money. We pay for them to do their job. If this is the kind of stupidity that's at the helm and and lack of effectiveness, complete impotency, then aren't we entitled for some accountability so that we know what our money is actually achieving? There, There need to be ramifications and consequences for such lack of moral judgment, especially at such a crucial time when only two weeks ago, Jews were massacred en masse just for being Jewish. You know, the U.N. ambassador uh, from Israel said the secretary general should resign. Your thoughts? I think that um, we, we have a saying in Hebrew, you know, the fish stinks from the head. I mean, I think we need to take a very deep look at the United Nations in general. For instance, um, when you look at UNESCO in in Europe, the uh, uh, heritage organization, which has been used for years as a stage for anti-West, anti-Israel propaganda. A lot of money is going there. We need to think about, you know, the, the special role of UN rapporteurs on the Middle East. These are teams that are paid by the hundreds of thousands of dollars up to millions to finance their travels to Israel to write biased, one-sided, anti-Israel reports and come back. We all know exactly what they're going to write. We are financing those missions with our taxpayer money. These are questions that are worth asking. What is the UN's role today? How effective is it, if at all? What is the need for reform? And I think there needs to be consequences for such statements and worse than that, such deeds. You know, I want to refer you to a spectacular book, The Right of Return, The Fight of Return, which was uh, published last year discussing UNRWA, the United Nations Relief and Works Agency, that is solely responsible for Palestinian refugees. So you have one agency, uh, UNHCR, which is responsible for refugees all over the world. And then you have UNRWA, which is responsible only for Palestinian refugees. That in and of itself arises many questions. But UNRWA itself has been used in Gaza and is being used as we speak now 
um, as a facility for incitement and hate against Israel and against the West. Hamas terrorists, Nazi terrorists are hiding behind its infrastructure. We have seen UNRWA employees swear their allegiance to Hamas, and this is a UN organ. So this is the world we live in. But, you know, I have to tell you, Rita, I really do believe that we are at a point where we can no longer look away. We can no longer just mumble to ourselves and keep quiet. We have to demand accountability because otherwise, if we do look the other way, evil will come knocking on our door as it did in Israel. Yeah. And this clearly uh, is horrific, too. Some of the images came out. Talk about why that was so important for Israel to put out some of the footage that just was so deeply disturbing and describe what was seen in the video and pictures. You know, the um, those we have seen horrific images um, that came out of the slaughter, the Nazi Holocaust that Hamas perpetrated against innocent Israelis. Um, from the images we've seen, we've already been horrified and shocked. I personally have, have become, you know, nauseous physically from just uh, watching those videos and listening to those voices. I mean, my heart shattered into a, a million pieces. And the, the recent release of, of the GoPro cameras, I mean, think about this, Rita. These guys came with GoPro cameras to film live exactly what they were doing um, to show it to themselves and to the world and to their leaders who sit at the fancy hotels in Qatar and Turkey and elsewhere to be proud of the barbaric nature of what they did. And some of those images which were shown to members of the media, but not released en masse, even though I was exposed to some of them. I have to tell you, Rita, the most horrific images you'll see. One of them depicted a father and two young boys, aged nine and ten, were running to the safe uh, to the safe room because of the rockets. Um, the Hamas monsters shot at them and threw a grenade into the room where they were hiding. The father lost his life. The two kids are running out. One of them. I can't even describe the, the condition. And you can see this Jewish young Israeli child asking the Hamas monster, please murder me. Please murder me. A child is asking that his life be taken by the monster rather than live the way. I mean, I can't even, I don't know how to stomach, how to wrap my head around that image. The other thing that was published, which was also presented by the Israeli foreign minister at the United Nations, was a phone call that one of the monsters conducted with his family. Um, and, and he did so on a cell phone that belonged to a Jewish woman. And he says there in Arabic, he calls his family, his mom, his dad, his brother, and he says, Mom, Dad, I killed 10. I killed, I murdered 10 Jews with my own hands, with my own hands. Open up video. I want to show you the bodies. I'm calling you from the cell phone of the Jewish woman I killed. And I killed her and her husband with my own hands. I already took the life of 10 Jews. And you can see the father crying with excitement. I'm so proud of you, my son. I'm so proud of you. You are our hero. You are our hero. So, I mean, it, it, it's, it's downright chilling to listen to the culture of barbarism that exists. And, you know, it takes me to the, to the claim about innocent Gazans. I mean, there are innocent people in Gaza, for sure. There are people who don't love Hamas, for sure. But we also have to acknowledge reality that the indoctrination for hatred 
the education for the hatred of Jews and genocidal hatred of Jews has festered and bloomed in Gaza. And there are many who cheered when they saw the women being raped on the streets of Gaza. There are many who cheered when they saw what happened. There are many who came into Israel on that horrendous morning following the attack by 2,900 monsters to loot the bodies of the dead, to take away rings, food, TV, wallets, and money. Young children on scooters were around Kibbutz Be'eri to loot whatever remained there. And the, the other horrendous images that we've seen was um, testimony by the forensic medical team in Tel Aviv. And in one of those testimonies, the doctors were showing a lump of coal. And they said, we had no idea what that was. It was brought by the teams. We needed to identify it. So we used advanced technological machinery. And you know what happened, Rita? But based on that technology, they found two spines. Apparently, that pile was a father and his young son. And they were hugging each other, wrapped around with barbed wire that they they wrapped them with. And then they burnt them alive. There was no bullet wound. Uh, this it is, is the cruelty of these. Can you? These are things that you know we can't unsee, we can't unhear, but we have to. This is the kind of evil that we're faced now. This is why the entire discussion about Israeli-Palestinian issues and two-state solution and and how can we negotiate a peace, I mean, none of this is even relevant at this point. We are fighting the ultimate evil. And until that evil is completely eradicated from the face of the earth and is no longer functioning as a viable force on anybody's border, our mission is is not done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What do you see happening? Obviously, uh, it looks like the troops are clearly gearing up for a ground war. But then there's been reports that U.S. and others have said, go slow. What are you hearing and, and where do you think we are? First of all, we were seeing uh, an intensification of attacks by Iranian proxies against American targets. We've seen it in Iraq, in Iraq. We've seen it in Syria. We've seen it in Yemen. We understand the nature of this war. Israel is a, is a great symbol, is a small Satan, is the enemy of the Islamic Republic. But make no mistake, the Islamic Republic is eyeing the big Satan, the United States of America. And the attempt to defeat Israel, which will never happen, is, is looking to the farther goal, and that's the U.S. of A., and we understand who they're aiming at. Um, But I must tell you, we should not be in any rush. Um, Israel's mission is clear. There is no doubt, and that demand is coming unequivocally from every Israeli. Nobody is willing to go back to live in the south of Israel if Hamas is not eradicated. And it's also a survival issue, because if Hamas remains standing, after butchering 1,500 innocent Israelis, after raping young girls until their pelvis was broken, 
after breaking their legs to allow for the multiplicities of 20, 30 men to rape them before they were executed, then it's an excuse for every Shiite militia and terrorist group to come at at Israel because it will be perceived as weak. So the fact is that Hamas are dead men walking. That's a clear, that's a given. When and how will it be done? I think we need to remember that Israel is powerful and we can do things at our own pace whenever we feel that the the situation is ripe. There are attempts from various, there are, you know, several considerations in this regard, whether it's to bring back some of the uh, the hostages to bring that, you know, just looking at those, those faces. When you look up, when you go by the UN, the Sharansky steps, you know, you can see the posters of all of those kidnapped um, the hostages, the Israeli hostages, you can see the faces of innocent men, women, children, and babies. We want to see them back home. But it's also clear to us that post-October 7th, there is no more Hamas. So whether we take it a bit slower and let them rot in their tunnels for a little while longer, let them starve, let them be a bit more thirsty, let them be more desirous of more weapons. I mean, they're hiding in the tunnels. They have no other choice. We're not hiding anywhere. We're waiting to come in, and we will come in at the opportune time. But make no mistake, no amount of pressure, no amount of political uh, persuasion will divert Israel from its goal of eliminating this evil. By the way, which is the true meaning of being pro-Palestinian, because if you're really the damage that has been incurred on, quote unquote, the Palestinian cause by Hamas's Nazi Holocaustic deeds is a stain on the soul of humanity and on the soul of their people. The, the, the very face, if you think long term here, the very face of potential Palestinian autonomy or statehood will look completely different post-October 7th than any perception that existed on October 6th. And you speak about perception. How frustrating is it when you see some of these protests on college campuses, some of them that are clearly anti-Israel? Rita, they're anti-humanity. You know, I, I was speaking, I got a call in the, in the middle of the night from a Jewish college student who, um, at whose college I spoke uh, a while back. And they reached out to me because they were afraid. And they told me that on their campus, the Muslim Students Union came up after the slaughter with a victory march. They were now it's time, they said, to march to victory. They were encouraging genocide and they were using the quotes from the Article 7 of the Hamas Charter, which read, let every Jew know that if you hide behind a tree or a rock, they will move so that we can kill you. Can you imagine such genocidal statements from groups on college campuses to which the administration just responds by shrugging off and saying, oh, these are useful shenanigans. These students, a lot of Jewish students, by the way, Jewish, you don't have to be Israeli now. It's out in the open. A lot of Jewish students are afraid. They're seeing their names listed on whiteboards as as enemies of the cause. And these these anti-humanity protests are being led by by people who have, you know, the most nefarious and evil agendas. And those who follow are evil by choice or evil by stupidity, by being useful idiots and not asking themselves what's the real meaning of from the river to the sea, from the river to the sea. That's a genocidal call to eliminate the Jews in the state of Israel. It amazes me to see. And you know what else they heard, Rita? We're only two weeks away from that Holocaust 
And even now, you have people on college campuses who claim that all of the atrocities are AI generated. What do you think about that? Uh, it's amazing. That's why also even releasing some of the images, like you just said, it was so important to show the world. Are you stunned that here it is, 2023, and they're deniers? <laughs> Can you imagine? And I was thinking 60 years after the the, uh, the, the first Holocaust and there the, the were Holocaust deniers. And here we are only two weeks after a similar Holocaust against the Jewish people. And you have those people denying it. And I think, you know, it's very interesting to follow the discussion in Israel. Um, the state of Israel does not have the death penalty. There was only one case in which a death penalty was executed in Israel. And that was in the case of Adolf Eichmann. Um, the Nazi criminal, and it was under the 1950 law for the prosecution of the Nazis. And there are serious calls in the Israeli political system to enact a new law that is going to be 2023, the prosecution of the Nazi Hamas organization, and take all of those hundreds of monsters that we have apprehended who participated in the massacre, put them on trial in glass boxes to give their testimonies of the horrors that they have committed and, and take it all the way when it comes to um, getting them to pay for the horrible crime that they This is how serious our efforts are. And I can already tell you that there are different organizations inside and outside of Israel collecting testimonies, videos, and, and witnesses to talk about the Holocaust that happened two weeks ago. We Jews, we have learned the lessons of the past and we know how important the memory is, but this is time for accountability, for consequences across the board. Anybody who marches on the streets and in favor of the decapitation of babies need to be deemed as a national security risk to the United States of America. We need to know who you are so that we can avoid, God forbid, a similar incident here in the U.S. of A. Let me ask you about members of Congress also, Shahar, because there's a couple members of Congress, uh, and I'm speaking of some of the Democratic Socialists, that have right. made these comments that are downright anti-Israel. Um, Rashida Tlaib, for example, still hasn't corrected the record that Israel wasn't behind the strike on the Gaza hospital, even though Al Jazeera right. had footage and all this other stuff. She kept the tweets up. She's perpetuating this lie. She's calling for Maybe an investigation. Maybe she thinks Al Jazeera is a Zionist entity. She can't, <laughs> she can't, she can't trust Al Jazeera. But, but with Rashida, we've had a long history. You know, I remember there was a, a while back, there were um, torrential rains in Jerusalem and a young Palestinian, young Arab boy uh, went missing. He immediately went out with a tweet blaming Israel for um, hurting that boy. And, you know, that's a direct reference to the blood libels of Jews going after young children for their blood to make, you know, matzah for Passover. And apparently the boy stumbled onto a well. And he was, you know, at the end of the day, he died because he drowned in that well. But we found his body and we retrieved him and brought him to burial. But this is the kind of things that she's dealing with. Instead of serving her constituents, she's busy spreading lies and hostilities. And I think she's, a, she's an embarrassment to the U.S. Congress and to the U.S. political system, just like Ilhan Omar, who continues to spread her lies. And, and just like she did when she posted images of children in 
Syria butchered by the Assad regime and telling people that this is from Gaza. I mean, these are the people that need to serve in the U.S. Congress without any kind of consequences, without any kind of reprimand. This is an embarrassment, not to mention AOC's ignorance when it comes to these issues, when she continues to lie about indiscriminate attacks by the state of Israel against Gaza. If you know anything about the Israel Defense Forces and our and our technology and our attacks, not only do we send leaflets and text messages before we attack, the level of precision we can Israel can target a person in a room in a house without harming the rest of the apartment. This is how how precise and how surgical these attacks are. And the fact that she comes out with these blood libels, more than blood libels, is downright embarrassing. And I think, again, I'm really, I'm repeating my call for the age of accountability. We have to wake up and get people accountable, just like the NYU law student who lost her job offer because of her despicable statements. People need to pay. You know, in Israel, Rita, in Israel, we used to look away when people posted support for terror. Ever since the massacre, anybody who posts anything in support of that massacre is immediately arrested and indicted. We had a similar case with an Arab-Israeli actress who, who was an actress in, in various TV shows and films in Israel, and she posted something in support of Hamas and the massacre. She was immediately brought to the police station, questioned and indicted for incitement. That's exactly how it's done. Over 80 indictments have been uh, have been delivered so far in the past two weeks. We, we have to get serious about our national security, both in Israel and in the U.S. Our lesson was learned in blood. I hope that's not that will never be the case here. Do you hope that President Biden at some point um, or fellow Democrats, at least some of them have spoken out. Uh, but here's the leader of the party. He hasn't come out and condemned them. There, there has to be more than just condemnation. When somebody is lying and using their position to spread propaganda and animosity between people, to spread hostility and hatred, this is, and this is not something that we should expect or even welcome from any kind of elected official. And just imagine, Rita, had somebody done so with regards to, God forbid, Asian Americans or African Americans, what would be the response? But when it comes to Jews, Everything passes. That's wrong. That's just morally wrong. Yeah, it absolutely is. And and I think it's so important, like as you said, that some donors are pulling out of colleges. Uh, they are saying, listen, this is not what young people should be taught. Obviously, we don't want to see hate on any side. Um, but I also think, especially when you represent Congress, you're representing Americans, and we're seeing these exactly. protests out there where people are burning the flag, and you know they're exactly. using that. That's what concerns me. They're seeing, they're see, you know, they're playing it in, you know, uh, when they're burning the flag, saying, "Hey, look what this member of Congress says." You know, you could see how they could use it for propaganda. And and, and you know what else we're seeing in all of these anti-humanity, pro-genocide protests that these people are demonstrating against Israel and with the same hatred of the United States. These are people who despise the United States, who do not view the United States as a moral beacon of light, as a positive force on world stage. They are against Israel and they are against the United States and they're against the values that we espouse and represent. And the only question I have is, where have we gone wrong with our education when in some of our elite universities, this is the kind of stupidity that rules the dome? And it's allowed uninterrupted when the leadership of those campuses say, oh, it's too complicated for us to respond. Oh, there are too many tragedies happening out there for us to say anything about it. Shame on you. 
Shame on you. Yeah, absolutely. It's important to teach moral values and teach them the facts, too. I absolutely agree. I'll just conclude with this. um, And I really thank you for giving me a chance to say this. When you look at those people who tear the posters of the kidnapped, of the hostages off the walls, young people, students, young couples, doctors, Instagram influencers. I see those videos where people are held accountable. They're looking for the picture of who did that. And then you see, you find out that this was done by a dentist and this was done by a professor of math at this university. And and these people tear the image of nine months old Kfir, a young baby held hostage by Hamas. That is really a loss of humanity. That is sheer evil. If you're able to look at the baby tear their picture off the wall and throw it in the garbage, you have thrown yourself and your soul into that garbage. That's how disgusting this is. And I think that is a horrible sign of where we are as a society. Yeah, sadly so. You are correct. Uh, By the way, everybody, be sure to subscribe and share to this podcast. Shaharazani, thank you, first of all, for your powerful comments during what is obviously such a difficult time for Israel, also for America, and I think uh, the entire freedom-loving world. Uh, And your comments are just so important at this time. Shahar, thank you for joining us so much. And thank you for having me, Rita, and for being the voice of justice, truth, and reason, and for providing hope for our generation. Thank you for spreading the truth. And everybody, I'll be back soon with another great edition of Protecting America. And of course, you can catch me every weeknight, 10 p.m. to midnight, on the legendary WABC Radio. This is Rita Cosby, and thanks for all you do to protect America.